1: Open your Bibles today, please, to the book of Isaiah, the the book of Isaiah. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 64, and today I'm going to be sharing with you four prophetic promises of the 21 days of Messianic miracles. Those of you that have been with us realize that this is the fourth month on the biblical calendar And this is actually a month of breaking for the sake of those of you that were not familiar or were not with us on Wednesday night, because Wednesday night was the first day of the fourth month. You say, Dr. Corral, why is the fourth month on the biblical calendar the month of breaking? Well, there were many events that took place in biblical history, Remember, the biblical calendar is God's calendar. All the dates in the Bible are not on our, they're not the Gregorian calendar. Okay, so when we see the sixth month, it's not June, and it's not six months away from January. When we see the sixth month, it's the month of Elul, and that would be somewhere around August in our time. When we see the new year, it's not 1-1, it's actually 7-1. And the new year on the biblical calendar, beloved, is not January 1st or even the 1st. It is actually 7-1, which is sometime in September, our time. So the calendar, God's calendar, though it's not like our calendar, was designated because God has designated days of visitation with his people. He has designated divine appointments with his people, times of breakthrough, times of blessing, times of refreshing, that he wants to make divine appointments with us. And so therefore, the biblical calendar was established when the children of Israel came out of Egypt as a sign of the beginning of time for the nation of Israel. Are you with me? If you are, I say amen. It was a commandment, the very first commandment that God gave to Israel as a nation in Exodus two, 12, verse 2. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, This shall be the beginning of months to you. It is the first month of the year to you. So the fourth month begins. It begins in the 17th day of the fourth month, begins the 21 days of messianic miracles. But also in the fourth month, at the beginning of the fourth month, we separate and we sanctify. Why? Because this is a month of breaking. And why is it a month of breaking? Because it was in this very month on the very same 17th day of the month that Moses came down from Mount Sinai and as exodus chapter 32 tells us in the 19th verse he took the two tablets of the 10 commandments and he broke them and and when he broke those 10 commandments we also see that other events that were breaker events took place in Israel's history and whenever Israel is in a place similar to the golden calf worship there is a breaker There is a breaking, such as in 587 B.C. on the same day of the 17th day of the fourth month, the walls of Jerusalem were broken, and the beginning of the three-week period of besieging Jerusalem began. And then hundreds of years later, before the temple was destroyed, the second temple, on the very same day, the 17th day of the fourth month, The very same day that the Babylonians, hundreds of years earlier, besieged the city and broke the walls. The walls were broken again on the 17th day. And again, a three-week siege, exactly like the siege that took place in 587 B.C. for three weeks. And on the ninth day, the temple was destroyed. The very same thing repeats itself in Roman times in 70 A.D., so the question is, is this a terrible month since God has uh, allowed so many breaker, breaker events taking place? And because of the 21 Days of Messianic Miracles, this is not a breaker month, not a breakdown month, but a breakthrough month. God is going to break you through. And Wednesday night we shared seven promises of breakthrough that God is bringing us in this season and somebody ought to give God the praise. Now tonight I am going to share with you uh, we, we have been sharing the promises from Isaiah. I want you to understand, during these 21 days of messianic miracles, before they begin, I want you to understand the prophets that prophesied the consolation to Zion, the consolation to the children of Israel during this time of the captivity, have also, um, there are units in the scriptures where there are units of promises we see units of promises in Isaiah 49. We shared with you seven promises of a return and restoration in Isaiah 49. We also today are going to share with you from Isaiah 62 four promises that I believe God is doing in this season. So let us look at Isaiah 62 and I want you to open your Bibles to Isaiah 62 and we are sharing these promises with you beloved because i believe god is doing them now in the house how many of you want to receive four promises from god right now amen remember for the sake of those of you that are not familiar with the 21 days of messianic miracles these are days of restoration reoccupation and divine compensation set with me days of restoration Reoccupation. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm gonna reoccupy territory. I'm gonna go back and reclaim my destiny. I'm gonna reoccupy. Say it with me, I'm getting ready to reoccupy the place of my destiny. I'm getting ready to go back and take back territory that the enemy has stolen from my life. Say it with me, I'm reoccupying. Hallelujah. Days of reoccupation, days of restoration, and days of divine compensation. Say this with me, God is a compensator. I'm going to get double for my shame. Come on, double for my shame. God's about to compensate me, double for my shame. Can I get a witness somewhere? For the sake of those that don't quite understand those promises, before I share with you these four promises from Isaiah that are yours tonight, I want you to go with me, keep your finger there in Isaiah 62, but I want you to go with me to Ezekiel chapter 36, and in Ezekiel chapter 36, you will see the promises of rebuilding ruins. I want you to understand, Ezekiel was also a prophet of consolation. He was assigned to Zion. Though he was a prophet in Babylon, his mission was to prophesy not only desolation, but also consolation. He was a prophet of consoling Zion because these were the times of the rebuilding of the ruins of Zion. And here's the promise. Say this with me. Divine compensation. Reoccupation and divine restoration isaiah excuse me ezekiel 36 and we are going to look and see what the scripture is telling us the bible says in verse 33 thus saith the lord in the day that i have cleansed you from your iniquities last line says i will cause you to dwell in the cities and the wastes shall be builded the bible says Watch this. The Bible says in verse 34, and the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all who came by, passed by. And they shall say, this is the land that was desolate is become like a garden. And the waste and the desolate ruined cities are become fenced and inhabited. Say this with me. This is a time of the restoration of the ruins in my life. Say this with me. God's going to rebuild the ruins of my broken dreams. God's going to rebuild my destiny. God's going to rebuild my hope. God's going to rebuild my dream. Come on, say it. God's going to rebuild my dream. Say, the time of rebuilding the ruins has come. Somebody ought to praise God. The time of rebuilding the ruins has come. Oh, somebody should shout the victory just in case just in case that promise in ezekiel is you're not quite sure about go back with me to ezekiel 36 looking at verse 11 the bible says and i will multiply upon you man and beast and they shall increase and bring forth fruit now watch this and i will settle you in your old estates and i will do better to you than in your beginnings What does that mean? Do you realize how comforting that is? There is nothing, nothing more grievous than a loss. You know, sometimes losses take place in an instant. You're not planning it. You can work your whole lifetime to build a dream. You can work your whole lifetime on a relationship or on a child, sacrifice everything. Give everything that you have for that dream, for that purpose, for that thing. Work so hard at it. And then all of a sudden, without warning, it can begin to crumble. When you hear the cracks and you see the rocks falling, you feel so helpless and you try to repair it but it's too heavy and it falls down and it collapses. God is validating your pain. You do not have a God that says, shove it under the carpet. You do not have a God that says, pretend this didn't happen. You know, I was talking to a brother this week. Oh my goodness, it's so painful. A spiritual son is very painful. Very tragic. Pastor, man of God. Very tragic situation happened in one year. So many losses. His father. And then his wife was diagnosed, stage four, with no warning. One of our beloved, beloved members. She passed a while back and I can't get this pastor off my heart because he's broken. So I was talking to him and he was weeping so hard. And he said, I don't know what to do with my pain because people are telling me I need to bounce back. I need to get over it. People are telling me I need to get back to business. And I was able, not me, but the Lord And with our prayers together, because 5 a.m. prayer meeting is joined together in this, we always lift up Pastor Eric every 5 a.m. I don't think there's one 5 a.m. that we don't. Our beloved Pastor Eric, telling him it's all right to grieve. It's, It's something that's got to happen or you will get sick. You need to unburden your soul to the Lord. And we are here. And when you are ready, God will let you know when you are ready to resume your post. Are you with me? We're not all the same. We're made up of different types of materials. We have different types of personality patterns. We cannot judge somebody and say to somebody, you need to just cop it up and get over it. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. And if we feel that way, how much more does God feel that way? That God wants to hold you in your pain. God wants to nurture you in your grieving moment. He wants to be able to help you, to be able to cope with the things that you're coping with. Are you with me? It may not be over the loss of a loved one. It may be over a business. It may be over a child. It may be over a dream. It may be over some plans that you had that did not work out. But God wants you to know this is the season of rebuilding your ruins. And God, I give you praise. Somebody should shout the victory. Hallelujah. Oh, I sense some people are being healed right now. God is bringing a healing for the ruins. Just if you need healing in your ruins, just put your hands up right now because God is bringing healing. There is a grieving that's going on in some of us, and it's okay. That's why we come to church. We come to church because the Holy Ghost lets us let it out. We come to church because we're becoming unburdened. We're becoming unburdened in our souls. Somebody ought to give God the praise and give God the glory. Hallelujah. That church should be as a hospital but not a place of death a place of resurrection that's why we have to be very sensitive with each other and be very tender hearted with each other Hesha Kalabaka Makita Kasha Karaba, Bridget, stand up, Bridget, stand up, Nikata Shota Labashita, Mashika Labaka, Papa Shata, Haida, Basita. The Lord is saying to you this season is going to be a rebuilding season this is going to be a season you're going to know your heavenly father's comfort as never before even as you already knew it but God is saying I'm going to use you to be a restorer of the breach and a dweller of paths a a, a dweller of paths to dwell in saith the Lord I'm giving you this season a prophetic word of Isaiah 58 and God wants you to know this is your anointing so give God the praise and give God the glory hallelujah i will do better to you than in your beginnings why are you saying this dr kraut because i want you to know sometimes when we lose something we say it'll never be i'll never get it back it'll be it's over it's it will never happen again how can i get that back it's so grievous God has just given us a promise of hope. God has just given us a promise of restoration. God has just given us a promise. Hallelujah. And a proclamation of restoration. I will do better to you than in your beginnings. And somebody ought to give God the praise. That's divine restoration. And I want you to see reoccupation. Go with me to Zephaniah. Zephaniah, also a prophet of Zion. Reoccupation. Zephaniah, beloved saints, found in Zephaniah chapter 3. Oh, hallelujah. Can we give God the praise and the glory for his power? Jerusalem was a shamed city after it burnt to the ground because for 70 years, no one rebuilt it lay in ruins and rubble and all that passed by saw the reproach of the city and the bible tells us that god is giving a word in zephaniah chapter 3 verse 14 of reoccupying the land hallelujah going back and taking back the territory say this with me where i've been driven out i'm going back god is about say this with me god is about to restore my name and remove my shame somebody ought to say restore my name and remove my shame somebody should say restore my name and remove my shame give God praise and give God glory here's what the Lord says hallelujah I'm gonna just speak verse 19 behold at that time I will undo all that afflict you, and I will save her that halteth. I will gather her that was driven out, and I will get them praise and fame everywhere in the land where they have been put to shame. At that time, I will bring you again, and I will gather you. For I will make you a name and a praise among all the people of the earth. When I turn back your captivity from before your eyes, saith the Lord. Somebody should praise God. Say reoccupation. Say divine restoration. Now watch, also divine compensation, divine compensation. When someone is compensated, there has been an injury, an injury. Some of us have been injured, not physically, emotionally tremendous injury a deficit and you know according to whatever depth of injury it is if it's a slight injury slight compensation if it's a severe injury I said if it's a severe injury if it's a severe injury, it is more compensation. And somebody ought to say, Double for my shame. Hallelujah. Double for my shame. The prophet Zechariah, who was also a prophet of the return, he was a prophet of Shabbat Zion, return to Zion. And Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12, I want you to see it because God is promising you double. The Bible says, "Turn ye to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. For today I do declare, I will render double unto you. And somebody ought to say compensation. Hallelujah. All right, for today's four, these came from heaven. So you ought to just rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 62. Say, these came from heaven. Hallelujah. Isaiah 62, beloved saints. We are going to look at verse 1. But the, the promises are going to be found in verse 2, in verse 3, in verse 4, and in verse 8. Four promises. Verse 2. Verse 3, verse 4, and verse 8. Let us look. The Bible says, For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest. Notice these are promises made to Zion before her burning because God always has a remedy before the ruin. We are spiritual Zion. Say this with me. We are spiritual Zion for the sake of those that do not know the meaning of Zion Zion is a Hebrew word that means marked are you marked? you're marked, you're sealed hallelujah the Bible says we are sealed with the Holy Ghost unto the day of redemption Bible says in Ephesians 1.13 we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.21 and 22 he that hath anointed and established us is god whom also you are sealed with the holy spirit of promise are you with me say i'm sealed and i'm zion i'm marked see zion in a literal sense of scripture jerusalem was founded by david but zion is the territory he marked for the kingdom that he was gonna set up for his majesty on his throne, not his, God's. So, the whole area that he marked where all of the kingliness of David would be seen is in a place called Zion in Jerusalem. It's a spiritually synonymous term. David changed Mount Moriah's term, the term of Mount Moriah, to Mount Zion because actually it is on Mount Zion, even though it is a singular mount, because it's the Temple Mount. And so we're seeing, beloved saints, these promises to Zion and the church's spiritual Zion. Say this with me I, John, saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for a husband. Somebody ought to say amen. The Bible tells us we are the new Jerusalem. Notice, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the Yeshua thereof as a lamp that burneth now watch this the gentiles will see your righteousness and all the kings your glory and you will be called here's the first promise the first promise you will be called by a new name which the mouth of the lord shall name beloved people i want you to see this first promise that god is giving to us is the proclamation of the exaltation of your destiny through a new identity say it with me a new identity say this with me my pain is giving me a new identity but it's not forsaken it's not abandoned it is not cast off it is a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name say with me a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall make. let me explain this to you the only way to really understand it and see it is to understand the patriarchs you see when Jacob now I want you to understand something because we're coming in these 21 days we got to have a little bit of Torah in us okay is that alright Torah brings healing In these 21 days, it's very important for us to understand Jacob's role. The Bible teaches us, and if we watch and look and actually document the three patriarchs, the seven seven altogether, four matriarchs, we will see that the trials of the patriarchs are actually played out in their, the trials are actually played out in the future in their descendants the trials they went through on this in this life god did not give them reward for their trials only to themselves the reward of the patriarchs is laid up for their descendants so they're going to go through certain events that later their seed is also going to go through similar circumstances And so, for example, let me give you a quick example. Abraham is in the land of Canaan. He is doing what God told him to do. He takes all the souls that he has gotten. He has gone from place to place. And then all of a sudden there's a famine, and a famine causes him to go down to Egypt. And while he is in Egypt, Sarah is abducted. And Pharaoh plagues Sarah to release her. And when she is released, Abraham comes out of Egypt with great substance. That is also going to happen to his children. Only they're not going to be, it's not Sarah that's going to be abducted. It's the nation that will be abducted by Pharaoh. And God will also plague Pharaoh to release his children. And his children will leave Egypt with great substance. The actions of the fathers are assigned to the children. So we see this all throughout the lives of the patriarchs. We see they are going through very specific uh, trials that they have gone through in their lives in order to birth the nation of Israel. And their testings, the passing of the test, every one of the patriarchs, their character is so impeccable. And their faith in God through their trials that their reward is so great that God gives it to their descendants. That's how the nation of Israel is formed. It's through the reward. It's called in Hebrew, Zahut Avot. That means Zahut in the merit, Avot of the fathers. This is why all through the beginning of the book of Exodus, you will see over seven times God saying the names of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that he has remembered their covenant. Why is he saying that? Did God forget? No, he is saying because in their memory, the merit of, you're coming out of Egypt. God made a promise, and he's going to keep it. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Why are you sharing that, Dr. Corral? I'm sharing that because you're never going to understand your new identity until I tell you. Jacob also went into exile. Jacob was there for 22 years in the land of Syria with his father-in-law that was very wicked. And when he came out, he, before he came to the land of Israel to inherit it, he met a man that met him at a place called Fort Jabbok. And he wrestled with him till the breaking of day. It was an angel. And the angel said, let me go for day breaketh. And he said, I will not let you go till you bless me. And the angel said, what is your name? And Jacob said, my name is Jacob. And he said, your name is not Jacob. Your name shall be called Israel. You see, a new name is coming out of the trial. New name coming out of exile. New name coming out of tribulation. New name, hallelujah, new identity. A new power, a new name. When God said, you will be named by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall proclaim over you. You ought to know your new name in these 21 days of messianic miracles and somebody ought to give God the praise. Usually when a person goes through trials, their name changes to, the, to a very negative name. When Naomi went through trials, she said, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, for the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. But you see, God is saying, you've gone through trials, but your name is not going to be forsaken. You went through trials but your name is not gonna be abandoned. You went through trials, but I'm gonna change your name with a new identity the same way I changed Jacob's name when he came out of that place of exile. And somebody ought to say, hallelujah, this first promise, proclamation of exaltation through your new identity. Second promise. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the second promise? Say, I'm ready for the second promise. Second promise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Second promise is found in verse 4. Hallelujah. You will, verse 4, or verse 3, I'm sorry. Verse 3. You shall be, and I'm going to just say the beginning. You shall be a crown of glory in the hand of your Lord and a royal diadem. In the hand of your God. Now, beloved saints, this is a promise, but this is also the attribute of what we call makut, that God is going to raise you up to a place of greatness. So we are going to see that all your grief is going to be turned and used for greatness. That's what the crown is about. See, that crown, I want you to understand something. Royalty, royalty in Hebrew, in hibrit, in concept, doesn't mean the dignity of these glorious robes, fame and fortune. Royalty is obtained through behavioral behavioral uh, attributes that God rewards in the concept of hibrit. God rewards with greatness. So attributes in character that are equivalent with behavioral qualities that are equivalent to greatness is what Malkut is. Say this with me, attributes of character that are equal with greatness. So what's the Bible's equation of greatness? Esther shows us that hers was selflessness. David shows us that his nobility was his humility. David shows us that. David shows us that outstanding character, qualities of greatness, the Hesed of David. And so when we see this i'm only sharing this so you can understand this promise you will be a crown you will be in a of glory in the hand of your Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. God is saying this promise is the diadem of destiny and the diadem of greatness that he is going to give you through your suffering. Your suffering is going to transform you. I want you to understand what you've been through has also worked on your behalf. The Bible says the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us and somebody ought to give God the praise hallelujah and the third the third promise hallelujah the third promise is the promise to reverse the curse over your land hallelujah you will no more be termed forsaken you will no more be termed desolate but you shall be called Hephzibah, which means my delight and your land beulah beulah is a word in hebrew that means married your land beulah beulah for the lord delights in you and your land shall be married what does that mean your land shall be married does it mean a bunch of weddings are going to go on in your land Could, but that is not what it means exactly actually you can claim it but that is not what it means what it means is god is married to your destiny god is putting a covenant on the call of god on your life god is saying that i am going to be betrothed to what I am going to make a covenant with you that is a covenant of love with the land that I have promised you. Your land shall be married. Hallelujah. God is saying, I'm making a covenant. If you want to know what that covenant looks like, go if you want to know what that covenant looks like. Go to Hosea chapter 2, verse 19. God is making a covenant. He's making a covenant. He'll always be faithful to your land. Hello, somebody. He'll always be faithful to you. Hallelujah. To uphold your destiny. He is making a covenant that he will deal with you in mercy. He is making a covenant with you that he will always be faithful to your promise and faithful to your land. He is making a promise to you. The Bible says... I will betroth you unto me forever. I will betroth you unto me in righteousness. That's covenant number one. And in judgment, that's covenant number two. And in loving kindness, that's covenant number three. And in mercies, that's covenant number four. And I will betroth you unto me in faithfulness. That's covenant number five. Somebody ought to say, God is married to my destiny. that's if you walk with god he will come through for you he will see to it that you will fulfill what he has placed and the last and number four i want you to see it the fourth promise that god is showing us in his holy word is the promise beloved saints that there will not be no loss of your labor say this with me no loss of my labor Say, no loss of what I labored for. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, I will no more give your corn to be meat for your enemies, and the sons of the stranger will not drink your wine. The Bible says, for that which you have labored. In case you didn't know, let's just look at this in Isaiah 65, so it helps define it in a more refined, detailed manner, so that you can understand the Bible says in verse 22, and in verse 23, hallelujah, and 24, they will not build and another inhabit. Do you know what that means? That means you're not gonna build and somebody else take your, your land that you built. Hello, I said no one's gonna take your dream. I said no one, no one is gonna take what you built say what I built I'm going to experience hallelujah you will notice it says they will not plant and another eat as the days of the trees or the days of my people and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. God is saying you are going to delight in the labor that you worked for. God is saying you're going to see the fruit of your labors. God is saying you're going to see the fruit of it. And somebody ought to give God the praise. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, looking at verse 23, they will not labor in vain nor bring forth for trouble. That means what you labored for, it might seem like a burden, but it's not going to be empty. It's not empty. Turn to your neighbor and say, I didn't labor for nothing. God is promising me right now. I didn't labor for nothing. Come on, I didn't labor for vanity. I didn't labor for emptiness. Everything that I did is gonna be rewarded. Come on, everything I work for, I'm gonna see. Somebody ought to say, I'm gonna see it. They shall not labor in vain. Hallelujah. And their offspring with them and it shall come to pass that before they call I will answer and while they are yet speaking I will hear you know I'm going to just tell you a little secret before we stand there are some people that are so close to the ministry some people are so close in prayer when you have a, a spiritual mother on your side Child, you better be thankful. That's all I can say. There are some people in this ministry, I cannot say their names, that while I'm dialing their number, the answer comes. Before I even ask them, would you pray for this? Because while you're yet speaking, he's already heard it. And sometimes it's shocking because it's so, it's so unbelievable. It's because of the oneness in the spirit. It's because of the love and the burden that is being born in the spiritual realm. And it doesn't just happen a few times. It's happened many times. Just this confidence. When you're one in the Holy ghost, this is how we need to be with one another.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at MyDayofDestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the Suffering Church, and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the Donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.